Sup, bitches? Warning, the following includes mild narrative and thematic spoilers. So, if you enjoy movies that are prequels and those that start from the beginning, this movie is probably the best that I've seen so far in 2021. The creation of a zombie in this aspect is that they were designed to be weaponized. Against what? Who knows? This movie was supposed to be the epitome of the video games themselves, but in the public's opinion, that is far from what the goal was supposed to be. Hello everyone, it's the Horror Hound, and I'm speaking of Resident Evil. Welcome to Raccoon City, of course. This is the moment we've all been waiting for, the build-up from the beginning, even though it has hard reset from the sequels themselves. I would say this movie is incredible, but the action is sort of choppy, and that seems to have a negative impact on hardcore horror fans, because it is lacking the dread-inducing nightmares that was seen in Resident Evil 2. However, I do have to mention the references that every fan will most likely spot in the start of the film, Claire and Chris Redfield, who are of course being raised in the Raccoon City Orphanage by the infamous and malevolent Dr. William Birkin. And there is poor Lisa Trevor, another notable reference fans will quickly pick up on. So, what brings Claire back to Raccoon City? She heard there's some crazy shit happening, and we all know how the main protagonist has to be nosy by getting into someone else's business. Needless to say, she chose the wrong time to go back. So, here's the pulse. Claire hitches a ride with a truck driver. Truck driver hits a weird girl crossing the road. The truck driver's dog decides to jump out of the truck and start licking the blood of the so-called weird girl hit by the truck. Oh, and by the way, the weird girl gets back up and walks off like nothing happened. That right there will raise some red flags, in my opinion. So, right off the bat, I'm saying to myself, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> so, and that's where the shitstorm starts to roll in. Okay, so the dog that licked the blood turns into a freak-ass zombie dog with cataracts, then bites his master's hand, and, well, you know how the rest of the story goes. Okay, so back to Claire. Let's do a little rewind. She eventually finds her way back to Raccoon City and to the police station of all places, which fans will also notice is the same building used in the games. And yet there is a slight disappointment when there is no ammo found behind the lobby desk. Aww. <laughs> so the inhabitants of the Raccoon Police Department will be familiar to players and even fans to the Anderson movies. Chris Redfield, played by Robbie Amell. Jill Valentine, played by Hannah John Kamen. I'm sorry if I butchered your name. I'm so sorry. Albert Wesker, woo played by Tom Hooper. And Leon S. Kennedy, Avant Joja. I can't pronounce that fucking name. I'm sorry if I butchered your name too. Sue me. <laughs> so they all lead the way with Donald Logue appearing as Chief Irons and chewing all the scenery he can find. His first scene plays like he might think he's in the parody of a bad cop movie. <laughs> Which seems sort of bit an inside joke, I guess, for some people. I don't know. So while the names may be familiar, the characters are depressingly thin. John Kamen gives Jill a little spark, but Scodelario looks bored. Something no one could ever say about Mia Jovovich. God, whew. Anyway. So the only difference that I see is like the movie 
zombie making franchise is the absolute true game of his, of this franchise. So the world of Resident Evil keeps progressing, responding, and revitalizing extra mutant limbs and organs in different media. Yeah, I said that. First, there was the influential shooting-centric computer game from Japan with the craziest psycho hard drive. Um, they got the begat half a dozen blood and the VFX feature films from married star and director team Mila Jojovich. The Jojovich or Jojovich? I don't know. And Paul W.S. Anderson. Then followed television series, novels, comics, stage productions, even a Resident Evil-themed restaurant. I need to find this restaurant. That is going on my bucket list. I can definitely do some digging around. If anyone knows where that, please tell me. So even so, if you haven't played, watched, read, or even eaten any of the Resident Evil production, that shouldn't significantly harm anyone's ability to enjoy and get up to speed with the latest iteration. A restart story, I would say, set in the late 1990s in the, in the fictional town that's supposed to be Raccoon City, where the zombie virus first emerges as a threat to humanity and least mildly. So how is it least mildly, you ask? Good question. I'll answer that later. Keep listening. You'll find out. But wait, there's more. <laughs> Although gravely disappointed to report there are no raccoons whatsoever on hand. Damn it. I can disclose that this is a reasonably entertaining, unpretentiously gory horror exercise. Although clearly a, a bit distended with an excess of characters that need to be incorporated into the plot, many of whom feature an older Resident Evil lore. Another thing that will fans won't find in this movie is how they go back to using some references from the games or from previous movies. And I think that's pretty cool in how they did that. And um, it's just wonderfully done how they incorporate all that in this new movie. So. There's a specific joy in watching scenes you love from other media get played out by real people in a movie. And Roberts has a good sense of humor and also what makes individual moments of translation satisfying. The filmmakers compose shots to evoke elements from the games even when the narrative context is different. They aren't beholden to casting actors who look exactly like their in-game counterparts, but they hold on to details like Claire Redfield's iconic red jacket. The script buys wholeheartedly into Resident Evil's weird narrative quirks, though, like Raccoon City's implausibly ornate police station, rather than trying to rationalize them or lampshade them with a joke. I think that was a word, lampshade. All right, I made that up. I guess it's a word now. Haha, <laughs> bitches. So, why doesn't Welcome to Raccoon City live up to its capacity? Well, one, it gets the sticky, icky practical effects. Right, but Roberts and cinematographer Maxime Alexandra struggle with producing actual tension. It's still different and difficult for the other films to replicate the game's honest terror that emerged from survival horror games that were typically very low on ammo and populated by enemies that were increasingly hard to kill. There are too many scenes in Raccoon City that have poor geography, flash cuts of zombie heads growling, and guns being fired. Rinse, repeat, rinse, repeat. I can see where that might be monotonous. I mean, who knows? Anyway, there were times when I wasn't even sure who was almost getting eaten. We need to know where the characters are in the space for tension to exist. Otherwise, it's just hollow imagery. 
There's also a sense to all this will mean even less to those who haven't played those early games. Oh, by the way, these are my closing thoughts. Sorry, I forgot to add them in there. Not going back now, bitches. My greatest rush came from recognizing locations that I've seen previously with a controller in my hand. That's not quite filmmaking. It's a fan service, which is awesome. I would like to see a Resident Evil movie that takes these legendary locations and characters and does something fresh and exciting with them. Start with the folklore instead of just ending it with, well, whatever, I feel, feel like it. <laughs> and the truth is, there's almost no story to Welcome to Rockford City. After setting up a bunch of familiar faces, Roberts is content to bounce them off some zombies to a predictable final act that brings out some of the iconic big bads from the games. It is depressingly easy to chart where this film is going to go and who's going to make it to the inevitable sequel. There's one thing a great horror game can never be, and that's something one couldn't really accuse the Anderson movies of being either. It's being predictable. I hate when movies are predictable. You're sitting there, you're watching it, and you're like, okay, I know what's going to happen next. Why do I bother? I bet you ask yourself that sometimes, right? Don't lie. Don't don't lie. Don't lie. Okay. <laughs> the contemporary of the action sequences compensates somewhat for the inherent lack of wit or humor throughout unless you count the smile-inducing callbacks to the ancient 90s technology. Like, for instance, one character is spied playing the game Snake on a Nokia phone. We all know you play Snake, too. I did. I'm just as guilty. God. Even elsewhere, a key bit of info is related from a videotape. It all serves to remind us that the Hollywood studio, Sony, who also owned the PlayStation game platform and made Resident Evil famous, was originally a tech company before they expanded into entertainment. And yet, this might have the feel of a horror movie as opposed to blockbuster combat scale of what came before, but somehow accomplished scares are sadly still thin on the ground. And though there's a healthy commitment to practical creature effects, especially among the sickening locals, they don't know, pulling their hair out and teeth falling out and shit and blood dripping from their eyes, I would say that's more than just sickening. There are some awful, you know, CG examples that make you wonder whether it was shot in 1998 instead of a simply being set then. Who knows? I mean, it's Hollywood. Do what I can do, you know, to save a cheap buck. Some diehard fans might have fun with this, but the whole seems unlikely to win over new fans. On the evidence of this, this might be the best to find a new game series to adapt to. So, all in all, I give Raccoon City. I want to say a seven and a half out of ten. I mean, the acting was great. I love the dialogue. The, the the special effects were pretty good, but the CGI, I don't know. Especially the final bosses at the end, it's just kind of weird. So, but um, you'll notice one notable actor. Oh, I forgot his damn name already. He's been in a lot of movies, but I'm sure you'll recognize him. Either either way, two thumbs up. Um, overall, pretty damn good. So, thank you all for listening. Uh, I appreciate your support. And your undying love. I wish you all a very, very happy new year. And I will be back in a few weeks with another episode of your favorite podcast, South Jersey Horror. Until then, you sexy sons of bitches, stay classy, stay awesome, and I will slice and dice you all later. <laughs>